are now entering the Brooks. Your hosts are the intrepid and all-knowing Jason T. Gaffney and the insipid and unknowing Kevin Held. Join these two buddies as they explore history and find the bright side in shitty things. Hello, you're on the Bright Side with Kevin and Jason, your weekly comedy about tragedy. I'm your co-host, Kevin Held. And I'm your other co-host, Jason T. Gaffney. Oh, I see you were picking up on my um, lackadaisical quality (laughs) that I had today. It was really, um, it was wild. It definitely took me by surprise to hear you go, hello. I was going for dulcet tones. I don't know if I'm achieving it, but that's what I'm going for. Uh, dulcet tones. I'm going for radio DJ voice today. Oh, I heard Baltic tones. I was like, is that a thing? Hello, and welcome to the right side. Is that their accent? Um, they had been living in Paris for a while. Uh, that was French. <laughs> originally Baltic. I know. That's why it was a very muddled. He had a he had a a story. It's too long to go into now, but he was a, a of Baltic descent who who spent some time, a lot of time in Paris. Uh, and the surrounding areas, um, Sergey. But, you know, we're not talking about that. We're talking about you. How are you, Jason? I'm doing okay. I did a lot of baking this past week, which I, I really enjoyed. some of that baking with you. I know. It was really fun. It was. Uh, today was a day off for Matt, because he sometimes works on weekends, and then he takes days off in the middle of the week. Okay. And we have been going through... All of the pre-production shit that we've been living with for a year for Marriage of Inconvenience. Oh, my God. Uh, figuring out what we have again and getting kind of back on track with that. Because we were only a few weeks out from filming that when the pandemic started a year ago. Right. Um, <laughs> and little did you know how like having all of that pre-production stuff around would be a, inconvenient for your marriage this entire year, too. <laughs> no, we, have the, we had the room to hide it in. But it's more... <laughs> It's more an emotional inconvenience to have set up the house in a way that my character would hate, which I also hate. And wow. so for a year, I've been living with this. And the last two films, projects I've worked on, uh, I have set up my house and had some outside source fuck me into having to live with this. Uh, I had Halloween decorations up for half a year last for Out of Body. Yes, yes you did. <laughs> Just as a... <laughs> so do me a favor, world. On the next project... Fuck off and let me film it when I want to film it. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, I'll I'll get that memo out to the world. I guess this is it. This is us doing that. Yeah. We're, you know, this is us manifesting that reality for you, putting it out there. Dear seven billion people, stop yeah. being assholes and let me film. Good fucking luck with that one. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm glad you guys are getting back to it. That's very exciting because that'll be so cool to be able to get back to work. Yes. Also, the baking with you and your Aunt Kathy this week was really fun. We did that wonderful Zoom class with you making uh, cinnamon muffins and cheddar cheese and buttermilk biscuits. Okay. And uh, I am not a cook or a baker of any kind at all, but uh, that was so fun and really, really good. So we've been taking a few Zoom cooking classes during the pandemic, so we're getting into cooking now. Uh, And that's a really cool thing. I'm, you know, going to do a roasted beet salad tonight, and I'm going to roast the beets myself. You'd be surprised how much money you can save on making your own food. 
You don't want to talk about your feelings about Beats? Oh, no. We've already talked about it. And the audience just knows by the fact that I blindly hurtled past it how I feel about Beats. Oh, okay. Well, you have a higher opinion of our audience, apparently, than I do. So, <laughs> congratulations. Good, good job. We, we've, it's well established that you're a better person than me, though. So, uh, let's also blindly hurtle into the bright spot, shall we? <laughs> yes. Okay. The bright spot this week is a high school senior. In Iowa City, her name is Daisia Taylor, and this is making the rounds right now. She has recently, she's a high school senior and has recently invented a suture thread you can use to suture surgical wounds, and it changes color when it detects infection in the wound. So this is stitches that go into surgical wounds that if that wound should get infected will change color and be a very, very visible indicator that there's a complication from that surgery that's happening. That's wild. I just saw an article today about tattoos that will change colors if you're sick. Wow. So All right. So we are, I think we're going to be hypercolor people soon. It's going to be amazing. We're going to be, if it's warm outside, we'll change into tie-dye colors and be amazing. No, oh not tie-dye. Not tie-dye. Well, okay, but hypercolor, which, <laughs> do you remember hypercolor? You have a blank expression on your face, and it makes me feel old, and that's okay. It's okay. I feel like that a lot. But, okay, you listening at home or in your cars, you know what hypercolor is, right? What we don't have to pay attention to this I just thought you child, were, Jason, right? Okay. I thought you were just talking about, like, colors that were just hyper-vibrant. No, no. Hypercolor is a thing. It was a thing in the 90s. You were alive in the 90s. In the 90s? Are you sure yes. this was in the 90s? Absolutely. I had hypercolor clothes. Okay, these were clothes that changed color depending on your body temperature in the area where it was touching is the that clothes. that what it was called? Matt was just talking about clothing that changed color when you breathe on it. I was like, you're weird. Go away. Uh, no, it's hypercolor. He's, yes, he's weird, but also that's real. <laughs> It's called hypercolor, and that's a real thing. I had that. All right. There's a lot of chameleonism happening in the world right now, and I'm kind of okay with it because it's going to help us be healthy. But I'm also like, <laughs> why is this all happening at once? That is strange, isn't it? But, I, but, but back to Daisy Taylor, I think this is uh, really amazing because, I mean, thousands of people die from preventable surgical complications in this country and around the world. Yeah. So... This is a, just a really clear indicator of a warning signal before you would necessarily find it on a test so that you can get into intervention a lot faster. And so I think that that's amazing. And she's a high school senior in Iowa, has already probably saved thousands of lives. And what have I done? Roasted some beets? I mean... Stop roasting beets. No one wants roasted beets. I really want roasted beets. You're really trying to make this episode all about beets. And if you keep it up, I'm going to do a whole episode about how, what a tragedy beets are. If you knew me, you would know that it's not about beets. It's about my inadequacy. So congratulations to (laughs) Daisia Taylor. You're our bright spot this week. And thank you. And you're doing incredible work. You're going to be quite the doctor, I have a feeling. Also, I love the idea of a patient being like, look at my stitches. They're beautiful. And then the nurse runs in and goes, oh, God, code red. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, my God. All of my scars are so pretty. <laughs> You're like, oh, this is psychosis brought on by infection. Cool. That's oh, easily man. diagnosable now, and it wasn't before. I love that. Oh, good. So I think that that's, uh, that's our bright spot. Uh, we've covered how you're doing, how I'm doing. So 
I guess all there's left is to find out what way you're going to ruin my week this week. <laughs> um, well, I was feeling inspired by Kathy and baking and the okay. fact that we bake together. Uh-huh. Which, by the way, I think you and Nick should start your own cooking show because the two of you kind of murmuring to each other was a lot of fun for me to watch. I feel like we should just go on Nailed It and just be done with it. No, no. I think you need a whole series because... A whole series of cooking shows. Learn how to cook while Kevin and Nick do as well. Yes. (laughs) And I think that by the time the series wraps, you will both be expert chefs. And it'll be a really fun journey to watch, especially because... There were moments where the two of you were like, I don't know, I don't know. And Kathy was saying, like, no, no, it's this way. And and you finally heard her. And uh, it was just a lot of fun for me to watch. So, oh, that, oh, I'm glad that that was entertaining for you. Was it also entertaining when our alar- a fire alarm went off several times and our, <laughs> and our dog climbed into the bathtub? We, uh, <laughs> that would have to be a feature of that damn show, I think. Because every time we cook, the fire alarm goes off. Which can't say good things about our, our cooking style. No, no. If we are cooking certain things in the oven, mm-hmm. there is a fire alarm that will go off if we don't shut a certain door in the house. So there is something about airflow. So it is not indicative of your actual cooking skills. All right. Well, ask my dog. <laughs> now, every time the, the oven goes on, he gets into he gets a rash. <laughs> Poor boy. Poor boy. Okay, so so you were in somehow inspired by that debacle, and you and you have what for us this week? Frosting. Oh, okay. I already know it's baking related. Surprise! A uh, frosting surprise. Okay, this is about bukkake. Pop goes the lady. That's all right. I stand by my original statement. <laughs> no. No. <laughs> well, I had a shot. That's right. <laughs> We're going to talk about the classic pop-out cake or when a lady would pop out of a cake. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, no. I'm very scared that we're not that someone's going to die this episode. I'm very scared someone got baked. So, according to Wiki, the definition of a pop-out cake or jump-out cake is, quote, a large object made to serve as a surprise for a celebratory occasion. Externally, such a construction appears to be an oversized cake and sometimes actually is, at least in part. However, the construction is usually cardboard. The inside of the object has a space for someone, traditionally an attractive young woman, to crouch and hide until the moment of surprise when she then stands up and comes out of the cake. End quote. So exciting. Yeah, this (laughs) happens at retirements in the 70s. I think that's big. Surprise! Oh, my heart! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Thank you for your dedicated 30 years of service. And in order to not pay out on your pension, we've gotten you this girl who will now leap out at you. (laughs) Yep. The predicted heart attack has occurred. You did it, Harold. You made it. (laughs) I'm dead. All right. I'm sure you're thinking, how is this a tragedy? Oh, no, I already have a good idea of how it's a tragedy. (laughs) It's not as tragic as weird and wild, but there are some tragic events that happened on the way to the pop-out cake we know and love today. 
Oh, exciting. All right. Tell me about the history of the pop-out cake. They started, was it like the space race that before they put a person in there, they did a dog and a monkey and some mice? Well, how did this tradition start? (laughs) Shall we take a guess? Um, Plants. They started with plants to see how they would do inside the cake. With the Romans, of course. Oh, sure. Romans. Romans. They planted Romans in the cakes. (laughs) It was a Trojan cake. Um, (laughs) That's Greeks. Can't get me. I know. I know. Well, okay. The Romans had lots of feasts and stuff. And during these feasts, they would stuff, you know, lots of meats up inside other meats. They're like, I want this meat up in this meat. And I want this meat to be eating that meat. Um, so exciting. That's, you know, they had the turducken. They basically invented the turducken. They had a hamster that you ate inside the snake. So the snake ate the hamster and then you eat the snake with the hamster inside it. It was a delicacy. The best part was they started with an old lady who swallowed a fly and then she <laughs> swallowed a spider to catch the fly and then she swallowed a bird to catch the spider <laughs> to catch the fly and then she swallowed a cat to catch the bird to catch the spider to catch the fly and then she swallowed yeah. a dog and then Whoa. what the fuck why a horse suddenly comes into this why did a horse go after a dog Wait, a horse came into this yeah too? it's like it goes like a horse and then a cow and i'm like no that's a real that's a real story it's, 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 it's a it's a it's a nursery rhyme I it's mean, not just a nursery rhyme it's totally based on a true story no it's not it is her name was edna Furbacon, and she was one of the original quakers in um indiana when they moved there. And uh, yeah, she had pica. She ate anything. So, so those are animals. So that's not pica because we uh, would have eaten She had animals. Uh, animal pica. Okay. Yeah. And also fur bacon. That's the most wild last name. Matt gives me such shit for the names I give my characters and my screenplays. That is wild for me. Talk to her father. That's not my problem. <laughs> so anyway, the Romans... They stuff, they're sticking meat up in meat, right? Like that old lady. Oh, yeah. Lie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so then there's this. I bet that's how they got the idea for sodomy. <laughs> so... They're like, it really works well in a turkey. <laughs> God damn. So then Patronius, not a Patronus, like from Harry Potter, but God. Patronius, who was a courtier during Nero's reign which is like that feels like it's a nervous time to be a courtier like it does yeah you probably that's probably like yeah early retirement's good idea yeah there. I'll take the big cake please <laughs> <laughs> oh no this was the first person to be baked inside of a cake isn't it so Petronius was like I have an idea <laughs> um, and he said it just like that he's like let's sure. try and make the animals look like they're still alive in the dishes. Like some sort <gasps> oh. of fucked up taxidermy meal. Oh, God. Okay. <laughs> so, apparently, according to todayifoundout.com, <laughs> quote, Stuffing one animal inside another was a particular delight, so that <laughs> a guest might carve into the belly of a cow to find an entire roasted pig inside. Inside uh. the pig... A lamb, a rabbit, a chicken, and a mouse. Today, uh, this practice is still alive in this rather curious dish that starts with a camel and works on down. End quote. No. So someone really does no do the old to lady. Absolutely all of that. No. No. <laughs> no. First of all, how is a person getting served 
what they think is a whole cow and being okay with that. Like, who, why, you're sitting at a table and an entire cow is placed in front of you and you go right for the belly and you're like, oh, a pig. Cool. <laughs> well, like, where do you start eating? If someone- The mouse? Brought over a giant cow, I'd be like, move over. I've got to get me a piece of those loins. You interrupted my story for that? Yeah. <laughs> Fine. I'm okay with it. You're welcome. I don't know. I'm trying to be a cow again, but I don't, they don't say well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so and then you have to so you cut from the outside into the smallest one but then you have to eat from the smallest one out to the biggest one i guess i don't fucking know how they eat it i, I just know that they're constantly like we've eaten the cow but wait there's more there's a whole other animal god and a mouse i mean i love that they ended on a mouse like oh yay <laughs> great the mouse is like fuck you you had all this meat and then you had to finish with me no kidding. I was hoping for like a piece of chocolate inside in the middle. Like just finish with something nice. A mouse? And then inside the mouse is a roach. Mm. It's like a very savory chocolate croissant. Mmm. <laughs> Yay. A nice savory chocolate with entrails. Yeah. Mm. So this practice would lead to the eventual desire of medieval Europeans who wanted to actually make meals with living animals. What? So, qu- what? Quote, I, what? I thought we were doing weird shit with food now. We're learning about it, okay? Uh, I mean, we as a people are doing <laughs> weird shit with food. We're making cakes that look like things. You're making beets. That's weird. Beets are grow in the ground. Beets are fine. No. Beets are delicious. No. And, and sweet and wonderful. And they're golden. No. But Golden? But they're not alive. No. Is my point. I don't know what this golden beet is, but all of this the, is a nightmare. It's a beautiful golden colored sweet beet. And it's great. No. And I'm gonna make some and roast some tonight. Okay. Quote from Wikipedia. And we're gonna eat them. Quote. We're gonna put forks into them and we're gonna cut them and we're gonna eat them. Quote from Wikipedia. <laughs> Quote. In medieval Europe, the entremets, a between-course dish, developed into a form of entertainment, which could include the presentation of a pie with live animals such as doves and frogs bursting oh. out. No, 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 stop it. So basically they cut What did the fucking the, birds ever do to you? They cut into the pie, and then the live animals would jump out and be like, I'm alive, bitch. I get it. Okay, and they would leave. I would imagine they would leave immediately. So I'm <laughs> kind of okay with that, because... Because at least they got to get away. So this action would actually lead to the nursery rhyme, sing a song of sixpence uh, to be written, and live blackbirds to come out and stuff like that. That whole, like, you put the blackbirds in the pie. Is that part of the rhyme? I think so. Everyone kept referencing that. Okay, but you didn't actually read it. <laughs> no, I didn't go read the actual rhyme because I had other more entertaining stuff to read. I, yeah, exactly. I was cooking a mouse at the time, and I had to put it inside of a muskrat. I can't cook a mouse. They're too cute. No. I don't yeah. want them in my house. But they are but... tasty. Th- You've eaten mice? Uh, no. That's crazy. So let's jump to 1626, shall we? Yeah, that, that, yes. <laughs> Quote from todayifoundout.com, quote, in 1626, the Duke and Duchess of Buckingham presented Charles I with a pie from which emerged a dwarf, 
Sir no. Jeffrey Hudson was given no, as sir. a gift while he was still quite alive, though internet stories continue to perpetuate the rumor that he met his demise by being baked in a pie, end quote. Oh, my God. He was a knight, too? I guess. Was he knighted for this? I don't know. I, here's <laughs> I, I the thing. I need to know more about the, the, the little person uh, knight here. Yeah, Sir Jeffrey Hudson... I think he was just a knight, but the, the thing is, they still gifted a person to someone, which I have a problem with, let alone wow. if they're a knight or not. But they were like, here's your knight that came out of a pie. And they, they did it with fanfare, too, like you do at the court, and they called that a little knight music. Oh, boy. That <laughs> was truly awful. Let's... <laughs> and... We're moving forward. I'm sorry, but I'm so proud. So proud. It wouldn't be until the 1800s when people were like, you know what? Let's make the people popping out of baked goods be women. (laughs) And full size. (laughs) Nope, still little. (laughs) In fact, there is a very famous party held by the very famous or infamous American architect Stanford White. On May okay. 20th oh. in 1895 with a pop-out experience. Oh, God. Yeah, he was a freak. Yes. Yes. So, we should do an episode on him. I know a little bit about it. It's just awful. You might remember Stanford White as the man who was killed by the husband of Evelyn Nesbitt, Harry Thaw, mm-hmm. for having the affair with Evelyn Nesbitt or, quote, the girl in the red velvet swing. Yeah. So... But what happened to the girl in the red velvet cake? So, god damn that's so smart i'm so mad that i didn't even think about that well she's devil's food now i'm like mad at you but also really proud of you for that that is my wheelhouse baby that's where i live yes so all right so this particular party the may 20th party had a lot of well-to-do folks at it Illustrator Charles Dana Gibson and inventor Nikola Tesla were there. Okay. And Evelyn okay. Nesbitt was there as well. But as an eater. <laughs> she was there as an eater, yes. Got it. So basically at this party, they had a pie made out of metal, galvanized iron to be exact, which was brought out. And Susie Johnson, who was 15 or 16 at the time, wearing only a piece of see-through gauze, would Pop out of it. Well, knowing Stanford White, uh, she was 15 <laughs> at best. So Evelyn Nesbitt would also bring up the fact that a ton of birds flew out at the same time as Susie popped out of the pie. <laughs> but uh, who's paying attention to the damn birds? <laughs> and uh, Susie would recite the rhyme, sing a song of sixpence. Oh, there you go. I love that it took the woman in the room to say, also, there were birds, guys. <laughs> Like, when you write about this later, Mr. Reporter, mention there were birds, too. Yeah. (laughs) It became a scandal a few months later, not at the moment, even though it absolutely was a scandal. (laughs) It should have been. I'm sorry. Just because it didn't get out until a few months later. Yeah. So when it was reported that Susie went missing. (gasps) In fact, a paper called The World would run an expose on it exposing all of the guests. Oh, God. And they would get a quote. This has such distinct, like, Jeffrey Epstein vibes. Oh, my God. Yeah. So, that fucking tool. Um, <laughs> so, they, they ran an expose on it, right? And, and they, they 
went to Evelyn Nesbitt, and Nesbitt would be quoted saying, quote, I told Mr. White I had heard later he had ruined the girl that night, but he only laughed. Well, I mean, you know, a collective sigh of relief was heard when he was shot. That's all I can say. <laughs> yeah. So apparently this was not uncommon for Mr. White. And as Kevin has alluded, uh, as he had done similarly unacceptable stuff with a young Ms. Nesbitt. Yeah. Once Ms. Nesbitt's uh, husband found out that he hadn't married a virgin, he actually killed Mr. White. Mm-hmm. All of this would come to light during the trial of the century where people would all get to read about the pie girl dinner, as the article was called. Yeesh. Now, obviously, there's so much more with Mr. White, but this is a baking episode. And oh, yeah. I want to bring us back out of the darkness of Mr. White. But I do think we shall be seeing him again on the bright side yeah. to perhaps continue to shame him. Because for those out there who are not familiar, there's a great musical called Ragtime in which they touch on this. But they did not ever allude to the fact of Mr. White being as horrible human as he was. They actually kind of mm-hmm. painted him out to be somewhat sympathetic and i kind of want to go back and have them rewrite that part of the musical and be a little less like he got murdered unjustly it's like no no based on what i've read he might not have deserved it for that but he definitely deserved it karma came around and she said hi bitch time to go (laughs) (laughs) so yes all right so let's uh let's leave that unpleasantness behind and get back to cooking people (laughs) so the next big <laughs> jumping out of a cake event would happen at the Moulin Rouge. Oh, exciting. Oh, Nicole Kidman did it. <laughs> no, I love Nicole. Sure. Who doesn't love Nicole Kidman? Uh, I mean, Tom Cruise. But who else? Scientology? Yeah. 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 True. Anyway, of course the Moulin Rouge would do a jumping out of a cake, right? It's the Moulin Rouge. I mean, sure. They were on the cutting edge. They, they did everything that was fresh and new 400 years after it was invented. Oh, boy. So they were opening a new show in 1927, and about a dozen dancers would come out of a fake many-tiered cake. Jesus. It was one big-ass cake. (laughs) So the problem was they covered the cake in real frosting instead of fake set frosting. Uh Uh-huh. Quote from Wiki, quote, When the girls descended to the stage, the soles of their high heels were covered with frosting, which proved slippery and caused them to fall on stage, ruining the show. (laughs) I'm sorry. I am sorry to these ladies, but that's fucking funny. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's so much better than where I thought you were going, which was like the frosting sealed the cake shut somehow, and they all suffocated in there. That's where my mind was headed. So the fact that they just hilariously fell over is good for you and me. <laughs> so I just like the fact that the Moulin Rouge is like this sexy place, right? So mysterious. And you know that most of the people there are like, what a bummer. All these women fell on the stage. But you know that there's one motherfucker in that audience who's like, this is my fucking dream come true. How did they know I wanted a show with a bunch of people tripping and frosting? This was your great, great, great grandfather. <laughs> I don't have French in me. (laughs) I do occasionally. (coughs) Wee wee. (laughs) No, no, I don't go there. (laughs) (laughs) So, we jump to the 1950s, shall we? Sure. Let's do it. Let's jump out of a cake and do it. Yeah. 
fifties. Whoa! Look at this. Happy New Year. There's crumbs everywhere. I have sparklers on my head, and I've got a coconut bra. <laughs> so, all right. In the 1950s, it was now far more common for bachelor parties, conventions, and more office party type events to have women jump out of a cake. Okay. Now it's gone mainstream. Yep. Uh-huh. And it was quite the moneymaker. Wow. In fact, in 1975, there was a baker in San Francisco who would charge 2000 a cake for this type of event. And according to him, Jeez. I know $2,000. He's like, And back in 75, I'm right. like, that's a fucking car. That's $4 um, million dollars today. I, I don't think it's that, but I think it's a $4 million dollars per cake. So according to him, cake jumpers, the women coming out of the cake. Cake would... jumpers, they have, and you're just going to gloss over the fact that they have a name that they can unionize with and it's cake jumpers? I'm a part of cake jumpers 105 union. <laughs> We advocate for a safe cake <laughs> working conditions. <laughs> I only jump out of vanilla cakes because I'm allergic to chocolate cakes, and everybody knows that it's in my union contract. What is this? I think it was very clear that I only jump out of cakes made with whole wheat flour because <laughs> processed flour is the devil. I thought I told you. I am a gluten-free cake jumper. <laughs> well, we tried that. Every single cake collapsed. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, so That was just some uh, gluten-free cooking jokes for all of you who were desperate for those. I, people are desperate for gluten-free cooking jokes. Well, there are so few of them. I mean, they're always a little sticky. <laughs> oh, God. So, all right. So the cake jumpers, in this case, the women coming out of the cake, would mm -hmm. make about $50 for the event, which was equal to about $217 in 2015. Okay. I mean, that's not a bad day. So if you think about it, I could do the math, but it's it's the 2000 is more like, you know, 20000 or something like that. Mm -hmm. Something. Math. It's four times. I guess it's around four times that. So, uh, it's more like eight thousand today. It's about twenty thousand. <laughs> okay, sure. Yes, twenty. That's what I said. Twenty thousand. <laughs> Your math is sound. So, <laughs> if fifty equals <laughs> fifty equals two fifty, then four, then two thousand definitely equals twenty thousand. You got it. <laughs> and it was two seventeen. <laughs> okay. So. All right, now with the 1970s, which you totally hit on the head early in this episode, I wanted to tell you, but I was like, no, I don't want to give him too big of a head early on because no. it gets it's, messy. Yeah, that's no, that's not good for anyone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, so in the 1970s came a new era of respect for women. Oh, man, and totally ruined this industry. <laughs> <laughs> We've lost all our union members. Oh, this is this this episode is about cancel culture's first victim. So, the cake jumper. <laughs> they're coming for you, Dr. Seuss. First they came for the cake jumpers, and I didn't do anything because I'm allergic to flour. <laughs> also, whoever the fuck is so worried about Dr. Seuss in the middle of a pandemic can literally fuck the right off. 
because like that shit that's happening right now, I'm just like, this is really your primary concern. There's people starving in this country because they can't work. Um, it's absolutely not their primary concern. It's just a hot button. It's just a wedge issue that they can use. That's all. Yeah, that's all it is. Sad. That's all it's ever been. But I think that somebody jumped out of a cake in a Dr. Seuss book. I'm pretty sure you did. You I did. did. I did. <laughs> I'm pretty sure they did. Yeah. I, 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 uh, I, it was I, you. I mean, it was the 1970s. You were very young. I did jump out of a cake. You were practically uh, it was, a newborn. It was one Dr. Seuss baked. I had really quite a time. And after, the cake was mine. I, gotta re- I don't know what that Dr. Seuss book, but that totally happened, right? Somebody jumped out of a cake in a Dr. Seuss book. I know this. I believe it. Plenty yeah. of Dr. Seuss's books were pretty wild. Um, yes, and racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. Anyway, so where are we? So, 1970s came a new era of respect for women as oh, they right. were really jumping into the workplace. Out, uh, of the, so, <laughs> out of the cake and into the workplace. So having cake jumpers at conferences and office parties were kind of losing steam because the women in the offices were like, this is not great. Yeah. This is very demeaning, yeah. and unless you're going to have men jump out of a cake, too, I want nothing to do with it. And I'm like, I'm okay with that. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, equality. That's all we're asking for. That's $217. I could use that. I would fucking jump out of a pie for sure. I'll jump sure. out of a plane for $217. <laughs> that might be my limit. That might be where you lose me. Um, so... Mm. Cake jumping still happens to this day, but it is far less and uh, mostly for bachelor parties and the such at this point. Okay. In fact, most popping out of cake experiences currently are happening because of comedians or stars using this practice as a joke or kind of a wink or nod to the history of it. Okay. For example, Bill Murray would fall out of a cake to celebrate David Letterman's retirement from late night TV in 2015. Okay, nice. So like they did a whole stunt and it's like, you think it's going to be this gorgeous woman popping out of the cake. And then it's Bill Murray. And I was like, ha-ha, it's funny because it's Bill Murray. Right. And it's pretty funny, I Yeah, guess. no, it's good. I, I, I would like to see that, you know. I'm just – I'm just – sorry. I was distracted by uh, thinking about how many sexual harassment lawsuits came out of this practice as well. Probably a lot. I don't know if any of them would have been enacted because it was the 70s. Like, it didn't – did that when they started those those lawsuits or oh, was that I, more I, of yeah, the 80s? Yeah, I mean, I, I have a feeling that like people jumping out of cakes and then being harassed was probably one of the like at at business conferences, right? Is probably one of the reasons we have sexual harassment laws on the books now. <laughs> I it, it, I would believe that yeah. too. Cake so. jumping is why I have to take like three hour long trainings once a year. <laughs> I think there's there's more than just cake jumping that led to that. I'm pretty sure it's completely because of the cake jumping. You know what? And if that's the price that I have to pay, so be it. That's fine with me. Yeah. So Katy Perry would have a similar experience to the Moulin Rouge dancers with cake jumping. Um, oh. Uh-oh. She, she, <laughs> she would actually dive into a cake. Wait, she, she turned on one freak? Oh, no. <laughs> She would dive into a cake, though, instead of coming out of a cake during a show in 2008. I know. Uh She's like, I'm reversing it. Uh, So she's in a show in Mexico in 2008. She jumped into a cake, and it's like, woo. But she would get cake on her shoes and then could not make it off the stage without slipping. So she ended up having to crawl off the stage because it's too slippery. (laughs) It does ruin the effect. 
So she's like, that's my show. Bye. Thank you, Mexico City. I love you. Somebody fucking get me. Come get me. God damn. The illusion is broken. You can come on stage. Love Shark. Love Shark. Where are you? Left Shark wasn't born yet. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. What oh. is the bright side? Oh, nobody died. Miraculously. Well, Wait, did someone die? Someone disappeared. Oh. Little not Susie. in the cake, though. Not because no. of the cake. Not in an oven. Like, that's how I expected this. <laughs> that's how I expected this episode to go. I thought people were going to die in the cakes, and they didn't. There was a debate about Sir Jeffrey Hudson. Yeah. But the historians do agree that he most likely was not baked into the pie. <laughs> <laughs> and if most he did, likely. he was delicious. I don't want to eat a person. <laughs> it was a different time. So, all right. The first bright side is we really don't do this anymore, which I think is a great thing. <laughs> that's 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 people for you. All it takes is 700 years of doing a practice until we recognize that it's terrible. So, second, even though the people were being completely objectified which again if you want to do something like this and you're fine with that great i i'm all about i'm pro uh i'm sex positive i'm pro sex and sexuality and all that stuff mm-hmm. but it has to be that they really want to do it as opposed sure. to like they're forced into it due to circumstances but they'd rather be like an astronaut but because they don't have money they can't go to astronaut school so they end up being a cake jumper like that doesn't feel great to me, you know. I, I, lo- I love that person. I love that lady who was like just didn't have enough money for astronaut school, and then, and then she started jumping out of cakes. <laughs> oh, I love. And I her. will say, I like the fact that even though they were being objectified, they did make some good money, at yes. least in the fifties uh, through seventies. Yes, one. Um, one uh, twentieth of the cost of the cake. <laughs> Good job. Well done. Only like thirteen thousand that they made. Power to the cake ingredients. Yeah. Nice. So, <laughs> also, when this is done correctly, it can be quite funny. Sure. Just look at Bill Murray. Yeah. Yeah. So. So yeah, those are some good bright sides. I'm so glad that you spent this entire episode worried that someone was going to get baked. Ouch. Alive, you 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 like that I I've spent like thirty five forty minutes, uh, in an in a state of of intense, intense, empathetic terror for my fellow, you know, person, and 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 that you kept stringing me along, just to tell me that all of that angst was for nothing. For the record, for the audience, he is not sweating. There is no, he's not flushed. His skin is not flushed. If he is truly as anxious as he says he is, I am clammy. It is not showing. I am clammy, but it's probably because it's just warmer in my bathroom than anywhere else in the house. (laughs) Well, I, I, that's extremely rude. And, um, (laughs) and I believe that all of our listeners are now on my side. So let's end there. Yeah. 
If you're on Jason's side, please write to us. If you're on Kevin's side, you don't need to write to us. Call me. My number is Jason's number. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, thank you for telling me about this. This was lighthearted, and I'm glad to not have too much, uh, you know, horrificness on this one today. And I didn't know anything about the history of this, and we are getting into baking and cooking. So it's yeah. nice to know on whose shoulders we stand. Slippery. <laughs> also, I want to put it out in the universe that, like, if you know of any other baking, like, famous baking tragedies out there that I might not that know aren't of. aren't Carla from the Food Network. No. Carla's <laughs> fucking awesome. You do not come for Carla. <laughs> that, was, that was just for you and for our friend Mike Bowers, who just roasted me for... Look, I I don't know Carla. I've never seen Carla on the Food Network. I'm just having fun here. But fuck uh, Carla. No. No. <laughs> Carla is... Uh, uh, my heart is hurting. Oh. I am clutching my heart. Oh, man. And I'm upset because I feel like those who were on my side aren't anymore. Yeah. But I think I'm we still have to end lot... the show. I'm going to get a lot of written emails, and I'm looking forward to it. Oh, great. Well, you can read those to me next week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We will see you again next week. Happy cooking. Happy cooking and baking. Don't kill anybody in the oven. Bye. Bye. So the party's going great, right? Yeah. Yeah, we're all having a good time. Um, so I have a little bit of a downer. The chef didn't quite understand what a pop-out cake was. And our model um, is dead. Happy birthday. We hope you've liked this episode of The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. If you did, please throw us some stars and give us a review on iTunes. It really helps others find the show. And if you didn't, just keep it to yourself or tell your diary. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at BrightsideKNJ and on Facebook at The Bright Side with Kevin and Jason. All our past episodes are also streaming on our website, www.thebrightsidewithkevinandjason.com. Until next week, don't forget to look, look on, on the, the Bright, bright Side! side.